I am no stranger to the faculty lunchroom in a school. Having spent many years in the classroom, I was often privy to the talk and contributed to the talk in the faculty lunchroom. And one of the main topics of conversation was often the students who were so frustrating to have in class. But looking back now from the entrepreneurial mindset, I can see that it's often those students who are going to truly succeed in life. Thanks for tuning in to the Entrepreneurial Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Carter, and my mission is to develop the entrepreneurial mindset in all learners so they are radically transformed to impact their lives. And one of the topics that often comes up in entrepreneurship is who are the students who really gravitate toward this topic? Who are the people who just have a natural inclination toward an entrepreneurial mindset? And one of the answers that I just love is it's often the people who think outside the box. So think about your typical classroom. Think about your typical teacher. Think about your typical educational environment. There are usually students who just frustrate teachers to no end. You know, they ask too many questions. They get up, they're stir crazy. They, they, you know, they don't follow the directions. They do things out of order. And it's just like, oh my goodness, just follow the rules, just follow the directions. But they just don't have it in their DNA. And so as teachers, we can get really frustrated about this. We can say, oh, so-and-so, they just oh, they infuriate me to no end. Why can't they just read the instructions? Why can't they just do as they're told? And we get upset because they're not playing the game of school. They're not doing it the way that they're told. And yet, if we flash forward, it is often this kind of mindset that is going to differentiate these students in a way that truly sets them apart, that actually gives them the leg up, the ability to thrive and to succeed in a society that rewards that kind of thinking. Now, therefore, it seems rather counterintuitive that our school system doesn't actively seek out this kind of student to reward and celebrate them. Instead, this kind of student is often punished. Now, this summer, I had a chance to hear Willie Robertson speak. Now, Willie Robertson is well-known to those who are familiar with Duck Dynasty. If you're like me, however, you knew next to nothing about Willie Robertson, other than the fact that he was some kind of bearded person who was famous on television for a while. So the truth was, I went to the conference to hear speakers like Malcolm Gladwell and Patrick Lencioni, and then I thought, who is this Willie Robertson? But I will tell you, within minutes of Willie taking the stage, I was utterly captivated. As an audience member, I was just enthralled from the start. One of the things that grabbed me at the very beginning was when Willie talked about trickle-down fried chicken. He explained that sitting at his dinner table as a kid, he was at the very end of the table. He was the youngest. So he didn't even realize that chicken had really good pieces like the breasts or the legs or the thighs because all he got were like the wing tips and the little bits left over as the plate was finally passed down to him. But you see, the lesson that he took away from that was the person who pays for the chicken gets first crack at the chicken. So it pays in life to be the person who buys the chicken. And he resolved to do just that. And really, all through his life, he'd had an entrepreneurial mindset. He told a story of when he was in elementary school, he took to selling bazooka bubble gum out of his locker. 
Now, many of you listeners may have had a similar experience. You know, you discover that your classmates want something, so there's a problem, and you also discover that there's a need, and you happen to have a solution for that need, and you start selling. And Willie got pretty successful. So successful, in fact, that he attracted the notice of his principal. His principal swooped in and promptly put a stop to the entrepreneurial exploits, told Willie that he had to cease any sales of bubblegum, and that was that. Now, at this point in his talk, Willie paused. For effect, he looked around, he scanned the crowd, and then he slowly said, If only I had known what I know now. He went on to say, The smart decision, the thing that he wished he had done, was cut the principal in on the deal. Now, the crowd went wild because this is exactly the kind of mindset that we celebrate in life, right? If someone tells you no, well, does it really mean no or does it simply mean, hey, this is a hurdle that we have to overcome on our path to success? Now, of course, as an elementary student, Willie did not know any better and obeyed and stopped selling the gum. Now, I really resonated with this story because I had a similar experience when I was in school. I discovered that I could buy a pack of Bubblicious chewing gum. So if you remember Bubblicious chewing gum, it had about four or five pieces in a pack, and I could buy a pack of this gum for a dollar at the store. But you see, once I got to school, the gum was far more valuable than a dollar. I could sell each individual piece for a dollar. Okay, this is in the 1990s, people. So seriously, selling a piece of gum for a dollar. Why? Supply and demand. And these were things that I was learning in real time in school. Real time, that is, until I was told to stop. Now, unlike Willie, it wasn't my principal. It was actually my mother. She had found out about my exploits, and she had threatened me that the principal would find out. That was kind of her MO. She was like, Stephen, listen, the principal's going to find out, and you are going to get in trouble. And I gasped. Oh, I did not want to get in trouble. Now. Looking back, like Willie, I wish I had done things differently. I wish I would have looked at the situation and said, you know what? This is actually a good thing that I'm doing. But I stopped because I was told to stop and I was scared and I thought that stopping was the right thing to do. But now, years later, I'm looking at that scenario and I'm hearing Willie Robertson talk about it. And I'm thinking about the countless administrators, the countless teachers around the world who have shut down entrepreneurial activities where they have seen students selling things out of their locker, you know, doing things they weren't supposed to, maybe bending the rules a little bit, and they shut them down because the students weren't fitting the mold. They weren't fitting in the box that was preset for that kid to fit into. And yet it is those children who are often exhibiting the entrepreneurial mindset. And I wish I knew then what I know now. I wish that as a teacher, as an administrator, I was celebrating those kind of students. Now, I'm, I'm glad to say that now we are. Now that is something that we can gather around and say, this is great. This is awesome. You're creating value. You're entering into a value proposition. And this is something that we should encourage. I think oftentimes in life, when someone doesn't exactly fit the mold, when someone doesn't exactly do things the way they're supposed to, we have a tendency to look at that person and think something's wrong with them. They're, they're a little off. They're a little different. 
And yet it is often that attribute that is going to set them apart and enable them to do the kind of innovative thinking that is required of the entrepreneurial mindset. So the next time that you have a thought or a notion that might not exactly conform, that might not be buttoned up or exactly the way society wants it, just remind yourself that just might be the entrepreneurial mindset coming out, and that indeed is something to celebrate. 